Hey, it's Seeking Plum. Long ago, in another life, I was married to the son of a preacher man. See, I'd been told or given a prophecy that I would meet him somewhere in particular and that we would have three kids. But this prophecy, it weighed like a cinder block around my neck. I was about 18 and I simply wasn't ready and I've never wanted kids. But this was the way it was. I didn't question anything. I was an obedient girl, so I went about my way. Every guy I met, I asked myself, could he be the one? Whenever we would tell the story about how we met, he would always say that I was the one that chased him down. It wasn't until the end that I started asking questions and challenging my assumptions. And it was still a few more years until I realized with some brutal honesty that when he did ask me to marry him, I didn't say yes for the right reasons. But that was a turning point for me when I really began to question some of my assumptions. A major shift. Another came a couple of years ago when I decided to leave Facebook. That decision was born out of asking more questions and challenging more assumptions. More shifts have come as I've decided to leave certain social groups to move on to others. Because I'm changing and I'm growing, I don't want to be constrained by others' assumptions or ideas of me, and I want to be challenged by my own assumptions, so I want to broaden my horizons. The opportunities to explore and shift were there because I was allowed room to reevaluate who I was and who I wanted to be. I kind of feel like that in some ways, although limited, in real life versus online, we have more opportunities or it's easier to make these shifts, to be able to move from one group, social group, to another or out of one situation into another so that we can challenge ourselves and challenge our assumptions. One time we had more of this kind of freedom online to explore and redefine who we are. We could be anonymous and change our username whenever we wanted on any platform. We could use search engines to find and learn information that might not typically be within our purview. But while technology is rapidly advancing, it's creating a kind of stagnation. Bear with me. So algorithms are based on a collection of out-of-context data, and they try to create this image of our personalities. Personalities that they believe do not change, but we're more complex than that. This idea comes from Bolato's book, Deviate. So in trying to customize our experience or search results, we get the result that the algorithm suggests is, quote, best for us in particular, that paper doll version of us. The crazy thing is that someone else may see something completely different despite entering the exact same search results, including the number of total results displayed. By the way, I'm not pulling this out of my ass. It's from uh, Eli Pariser's book, The Filter Bubble, How the New Personalized Web is Changing What We Read and How We Think. Okay, so imagine that you've been trying to challenge your own assumptions, and then you decide you want to Google some information about a particular topic, but this algorithm has a specific idea of what your assumptions are, and so it tailors the results accordingly. And how it goes about doing that can come in many forms. 
Sometimes it's simply bias, but in other cases, here's an example. About a year ago or so, I had a conversation with someone on Twitter, and she told me that Anonymous, the hacker group, had hacked one of the Canadian television's channels. Now, I'd never heard this story, I'd never seen this happen, and I've lived here for a number of years, i.e. during that time when it supposedly happened. I asked her for a link, but she wouldn't provide it, and she told me just to Google it and that it was in this top list there, it would be right near the beginning, there'd be several videos proving it. To this day, despite entering the exact same words that she entered, I don't get the same results nowhere near. In fact, I can't even find any proof of what she's talking about. Our assumptions and bubbles, filter or otherwise, perpetuate this stagnation, or they can at the very least, whether it's personal, social, societal, or innovative even. The difficulty in identifying them or challenging them is that sometimes we are so far into the middle of them that we simply can't see them. We have no awareness of them. At one point, Lotto describes some of our assumptions as being so much a part of us that it's kind of like the air we breathe. We simply don't think about them. But awareness is the first step. And again, it comes back to asking why. So I think I'm going to leave things there for today, but let's try something fun or interesting at the very least. Open Google and type in this and only this, the number nine forward slash 11. That is the number 11. So 911. Then share the number of overall results and the top three that come up, including the titles and just the first part of the URL. Now, just a heads up, there's no right or wrong answer here. This is just interesting to compare what our results might be, just to see how different they're going to pop out, how the algorithm has built up this paper doll of each one of us and is addressing that paper doll, not who we really are. Here's what Google gave me. 19,400,000 results. The top three, September 11 attacks at wikipedia.org, 9-11 attacks, facts and summary, history.com, and information for 9-11 family members, the 9-11 memorial.com. So give me a call. Let me know. What does Google spit out for you? I would be really curious to hear. And here's another question for you. How do you feel now knowing that your search results, whether it's Google, Yahoo, Facebook, Amazon, whatever platform that's using an algorithm is spitting out a result particularly designed for you and you may not be getting the result you're looking for. Does it bother you? Does it not? Do the benefits outweigh the drawbacks? Do you think there are any long-term consequences, personally or with respect to society? Whether you answer any or a few or none of these questions, I'd love to hear from you particularly your Google results, I think this would be really interesting. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hi, this is Jared from Slanksmith Radio. I wanted to share my Google results. So I got the same three top results as you, but I had a total number of results was 289 million. And as far as the way that algorithms are curating our 
experience. Um, there's definitely pros and cons. I'm aware of it, so I know how to work around it and be intentional about getting outside of the bu outside of that bubble. I, I'll use other computers and not logged in, so it's not, um, you know, so that I can get outside of the suggestions and the assumptions that they're making. So it is definitely something that you have to be intentional about, though. It doesn't just happen. So thanks for sharing that. Hi, Jared. You know, you brought up some interesting points and made me think about something. At first, I was super surprised that we had the same results. But then the more you talked, then it got me thinking. First, yes, you definitely have to be very intentional about avoiding these uh, filter bubbles. And on that note, I don't typically use Google. I use DuckDuckGo. Now, I think that Google has the better ability to find things, but I do not like the way that it filters things these days because once upon a time, it was easier to find what I was looking for. Now, every time I punch something in, it gives me a certain list of results and usually what I'm looking for isn't there. But what you also made me think about was when I did my results um, for this I can't remember whether I was logged in or not, and I should have paid attention to that, but my mind was elsewhere. Maybe the reason that our results are similar are because we are both at least partly intentional about what we're doing where? I don't know. It's curious. I'm hoping more people call in because I'd love to hear what their results are for a larger data set. Thanks for taking time out to call and to share these numbers and this information. I really appreciate it. Seeking Plum, this is Reggie, your weekend watcher, and I wanted to chime in on your segment on the Google search algorithm. And I'm going to do this wearing my programmer hat because you know, that's part of the thing that I do that you know helps pay those little gimmicks called bills. So I, and honestly, I'm not that special, uh, but I look at uh, what programming does, what people like me do as an art, and it's an art that serves a specific function, but it's an art nonetheless. The way I see it is we're kind of like, you know, piano makers. And some piano makers are better than others. And when you, I mean, you're, it's up to you to kind of figure out the music and play it. Uh, however, when you figure it out and play it, you're still playing a piano. And using that analogy, much like playing with the piano, we'll change the felt and we'll change the tuning slightly until you, until you have something that sounds very unique, uh, search terms kind of operate in the same way, right? That's why your friend and you come up with different results. You can play the same music, more or less, but there is going to be some nuance in, the, in what comes out. Following that same analogy, if you ever wanted to, you could just, you know, get the piano retuned. It's, it's actually quite, you know, it's, it's not as difficult as it may seem. But the difficulty is that your piano will never be a bassoon, nor will your friends. Uh, you're, so I, I, this is where I think a lot of the public sort of gets misconstrued, is that you know Google does a lot of things quite fabulously. I think they're an interesting company, but um, they are still just you know a, a company that has a lot of teams, but still in just one place. So uh, as, as I say, look at, look at a lot of instruments. It, it, it only makes you know it only makes more beauty. Just a thought. Now you do the thing. Reggie, I did not know you were a programmer, but I'm very glad you called in with your insight. I've only dabbled in it myself, 
but I thought of it as an art as well. But as a non-programmer trying to say that to anybody, it's never really been received. So I love hearing you describe it that way. I also really like the analogy of the piano. Partly because I am very visual, but uh, partly because it's, it seems to really fit. So I have a couple of questions. When you said that it's not that hard to retune the piano, do you mean as a programmer or for the layperson? Because if, say, I could do it, then I'd be tempted to return to Google, and then I would, quote, retune it every so often. Because, believe it or not, I'm with you. I do like Google. I use uh, almost everything else I use is a Google product, but I do stay away from their search engine. Also, I guess the next question is, does this retuning have to happen while I'm logged in under my account, or can I be logged out? I guess maybe that is a question you may not be able to answer because that's more Google-specific. Anyway, I, I would love to hear back from you on it because, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm curious. And thank you for calling in and giving your perspective as a programmer and for making it uh, palatable and easy to understand for the masses. What's up with you seeking plum? So I said, what the fuck, let me do this 9-11 joint up on my phone. So I whipped out my Android phone, just got in the built-in Googles. I hit 9 space 11, hopefully it's the same stuff you're talking about. First I got places, I got September 11 attacks, <sighs> which looks like Wikipedia, I'm not sure, then searching for people, then below that places, 9-11 since I'm in New York City, then I got September 9-11 attacks Wikipedia. 9-11 attacks, facts, and summaryhistory.com, and then home, dash not, September 11 digital archive. So, I guess those those are the top three after that. Um, on the phone, I can't tell where I can see all the results, like number of millions and stuff. So I'm not sure if that's important, but it is different, right? Hey, Sinking Plum, it's your girl, Miss Eileen, and I'm calling in on your topic about the algorithms. Now, the algorithms have been the bane of my existence in terms of blogging. I do use Google to search, and here's why. That's how people find my blog. The average user is not going to be in an incognito window, and they're not going to use DuckDuckGo or something like what you uh, or others may use who are more savvy. So, with that said, my results for 9-11 bring up Wikipedia, history, uh, topics, facts, and summary, and also then there is a top stories section, and I'm going to call back because one of these top stories is uh, pretty interesting. Okay, Miss Eileen here again, and I forgot to mention that I am in an incognito window doing this search, even though I typically don't do it that way. So in the top story section, this is where Google is showing images along with a story. From the New York Post, 9-11 first responder kills himself after battle with lung disease. 
And that was from two days ago. And then after that, there is a map showing the 9-11 Memorial. Another, I guess they call them information cards. And then the third result is information for 9-11 family members, the 9-11 Memorial.org. So um, there's so much more I could say about algorithms. For example, uh, Pandora. A lot of people love Pandora. I don't want anybody suggesting music for me. I want to pick my own music. But when it comes to the internet, that's a different story. Hi, Momek and Ms. Eileen. So more and more of these results are coming in and they seem to be somewhat similar, except for maybe that third result. And so I did a little more digging. As we may suspect, Google does regular updates of the algorithm, but it seems like they did quite a bit this past year. I found an article talking about some of the specifics and some sites that were then boosted that hadn't been and other sites that had been pushed down. And the ones that had been pushed down were doing things like aggressive advertising and had broken code, stuff like that. There's more to it, but I won't bore you with the details. I will include the link in the show notes when I put the show notes up. But I also found that there was a lab in Germany that actually did a study. This whole thing that we're doing was almost exactly what they did of collecting people searching for certain keywords and then getting their top three results and whether they were logged in or not logged into their Google account. Again, I'll include that link in the show notes as well, but long story short, what they found was that for the most part, we are getting somewhat similar results, but there is some tailoring to, um, uh, like some personalization going on. But it may not be what it was. It's still there, and there is no way of escaping it, but it's not, it's not quite as bad. It was kind of long, but it's actually kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, that was that. Yeah, Miss Eileen, I'm torn. Like, sometimes I want some recommendations, and other times I'm like, no, because they get too narrow, and they want to limit exactly what I might be interested in. And, and, and I guess <clears throat> my interests are far broader than that, or I want to explore beyond those boundaries and don't want to be constrained. So yeah, I hear you. I think we all know this, but I don't think we will ever escape algorithms, at least anytime soon. They are part of so much of our online experience. It's more a matter of trying to figure out how to work with them and around them and so on. Anyway, uh, thanks for calling and for sharing your results. Yeah, so thanks Lang Smith and Weekend Watcher and Momac and Miss Eileen all for calling and giving your results or some opinions or thoughts, ideas. This brought some different perspectives and encouraged me to go looking for more information. And I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much.